It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. For those who aren't eligible for the vaccine yet, children under the age of 12, Masks are the best available protection for them and the adults around them. That's why we need to make sure children are wearing masks in school. Before I talk about the news related to vaccines, let me say a few words about masks and our children. Unfortunately, as we've seen throughout this pandemic, some politicians are trying to turn public safety measures, that is children wearing masks in school, into political disputes for their own political uh, so then game. he goes on to talk, your president yesterday, goes on to talk about he's going to punish uh, governors and other organizations who are ignoring uh, the federal dictates about masks for children. There will be punishment. They're going to try to use uh, uh, tax dollars to supplement the incomes of any educators or teachers or people in the administration who are bucking uh, maybe governor's orders not to wear He's got it all worked out, and that's exactly what President Biden has on his mind. It was a long speech. It was pretty offensive. Uh, he wants you to make sure you've gotten a vaccine and uh, that children are masked because he's worried about your safety. We have to all be safe. He said that a number of times, and it really struck me. It really struck me. What's happening to our Americans and our troops uh, I just got an email from one of our listeners today that her nephew has just been sent to Afghanistan uh, to do the to the rescue effort. He's a uh, Marine. He's a doctor, as I recall. Uh, and so they're praying for him. And I saw some pictures. I saw several pictures this morning of our troops uh, in complete harm's way without hardly any, like, I I always say, uh, maybe I haven't said this to you, but when I do this radio show, I feel like I'm a, like a tight wire artist I'm on the rope, and there's no uh, there's no net. <laughs> That's really the, pretty much the way it is. These guys have no net. They have no net uh, because the generals above them are ridiculous and foolish, and so is the president. And yet they're going into harm's way to try to get people out. So uh, Joe Biden, though, meanwhile, is telling you he's so concerned. You you need to get that vaccine because he's concerned about you. Wants you to be safe. He he wants you to be safe, and the children, he's only thinking of you. At the same time, across the globe, uh, we have a disaster. Jennifer Griffin talks a bit about it. This is clip six. Let's listen. Winning has already begun. Some of the images you are about to see are very disturbing. The U.S. military continuing to land in Kabul. More than 5,000 U.S. troops now on the ground after pulling out completely a month ago and shuttering their main air base. The 10th Mountain Division in full battle gear guarding the U.S. Embassy just weeks after all U.S. troops withdrew from Afghanistan. Marines are helping process the paperwork of Afghans and American citizens seeking to flee as U.S. bureaucratic bottlenecks force military planes to leave Kabul half empty. British paratroopers are leaving the airport to help rescue their citizens as the Taliban maintain a cordon and control all the checkpoints around the airport. U.S. troops are not. We don't have the capability to go out and collect up large uh, numbers of, of, uh, of people. The defense secretary and chairman of the Joint Chiefs faced the press for the first time since Afghanistan fell to the Taliban. Complicating the evacuation, the military's decision to close Bagram Air Base, located an hour and a half north of Kabul, the largest air base the U.S. had in Afghanistan for 20 years. Why did you abandon the Bagram airfield? Why did U.S. military pull out, uh, given the uncertainty? Our task was to protect the embassy. If we were to keep both Bagram and the embassy going, 
that would be a significant number of military forces. U.S. officials privately tell us it will be, quote, very challenging to meet President Biden's deadline of August 31st to fully evacuate U.S. citizens and their allies. Images of Taliban beating those trying to get to the airport captured by photographers in Kabul suggest otherwise. Sadistic scenes of Taliban striking drivers with rubber hoses and firing weapons indiscriminately, targeting women who are not fully covered. I just received a heartbreaking email from a longtime friend of mine who runs an NGO in Afghanistan. She says, 20 years of gains vanished overnight. The world, she says, betrayed Afghanistan, quote, legitimized the savages and brought them into power. I don't understand, she writes. I'm still in shock. Afghans, especially women, will face a world of fear, destruction, misery, and endless pain. But uh, President Biden, don't worry, he is he wants you to be safe. And I guess maybe if we just sent a bunch of masks and COVID vaccines to those people stranded in Afghanistan, they would once again be safe in the, you know, in the way that Joe Biden thinks of safety, because that's what he's speaking about yesterday. He's talking about you must get the vaccine and your children must be masked while this is happening across the globe. It's frightening. It's a frightening lack of leadership, and that's what's happening. We have, uh, I've heard all kinds of reports of what the Taliban is doing to people. I've seen photos as much as I can bear uh, about their attacks. We, they're doing unspeakable things, of course, to soldiers that have served with the Americans. And I understand that they are coming after the missionaries, that there's a few hundred of them, I got this very briefly, uh, that are expecting to be killed. And uh, there are calls for prayer for them right now uh, as they, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that have been missionaries over there. They don't go under that banner. Uh, I have friends that have certainly done that and we're doing that. Some, a couple of them have now been, uh, they've found a way out, uh, many of them on private planes because Mark Milley made it clear that we can't, you know, we can't, uh, we can't take care of those people that are not at Kabul airport. We can't, uh, we can't get them in and we just don't know what we're going to do. And you heard Jennifer Griffin say that British paratroopers are busy going around the country saving, rescuing British citizens, but not so much our government. And in fact, uh, it, you remember that picture in that huge cargo plane, the C, I think the, what's a C, I forgot, it's huge. Once, I don't know what to call it, C-17. Uh, there were 2,000 passengers in that, and I, there, I heard the, uh, the, the audio of the tower operator, and he said, how many, how many, you know, he's very official, how many passengers do you have? And they said uh, 2,000. He, he goes, 2,000? I mean, he's like startled because uh, that's like something like four times the load they're used to take, taking, but that's an important point to make. These Americans took a great risk flying out all of those people jammed in that one plane. And, of course, that's just a small portion of the people that have been, have, are trying to get out. But of those 2,000, guess how many were Americans? 325. So 2,000 passengers, 325 Americans. This administration is not concerned about getting Americans out first. They are concentrating on getting Afghans and their relatives and families, which I've been told is impossible to vet, and they are putting their money where their mouth is. They are making sure that, you know, it's not America first, it's America last. Very, very concerning. But don't worry, Joe Biden is worried about your safety. If you just wear a mask and, you know, take your vaccine, you're going to be safe. Forget about the southern border that's being overrun. A lot of them are jihadis coming across the southern border. Uh, he's real concerned for your safety. And he, he actually did an um, interview with George Stephanopoulos. George is like the mouthpiece was for the Clinton administration, a total partisan hack uh, who landed this you know ABC uh, gig for the morning show on Sundays. And so Joe Biden decided he would take questions from George because George would, of course, be very objective. And this is at least in part what it sounded like clip four. When you look at what's happened over the last week, was it a failure of intelligence, planning, execution, or judgment? Look, I don't think it was a failure. Look, it was a simple choice, George. When the, when the Taliban, uh, let me back it, put it another way. When you had the government of Afghanistan, the leader of that government, getting in a plane and taking off and going to another country, when you saw the significant collapse 
of the of the uh, Afghan troops we had trained, up to 300,000 of them, just leaving their equipment and, and, and taking off. That was, you know, I'm not, this is, is that, that's what happened. That's simply what happened. But we've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? What I thought was we're, we have to gain control of this. We have to move this more quickly. We have to move in a way in which we can take control of that airport. And we did. So you don't think this could have been handled, this actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No, I, I, I don't think it could have been handled in a way that there, we, we're going to go back in hindsight and look, but the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that happened. So for you, that was always priced into the decision? Yes. Yes. So Joe Biden knew exactly what was going to happen. It was chaos and people were falling from the airplanes and have been landing on buildings, their bodies and Americans stranded. Uh, estimates are up to 15,000 now still stranded. I don't know. That's probably a low estimate because I heard a couple of days ago, 40,000. I don't know. You know, is anybody going door to door and counting the people that are left behind that are Americans? I doubt it. Uh, and then what, what he's asked, uh, you're not concerned about, you know, the the scenes of the evacuation? Oh, no, come on, man. He didn't say that, but he could have. Come on, man, that was four or five days ago. But, of course, it wasn't four or five days ago. No, no, not at all. But uh, that's, uh, listen, he has your best interest at heart. He wants you to be safe, you know. He told us that in that uh, COVID speech. Uh, he wants us to be safe, and so you can trust him. Um, by the way, um, if you can't trust him, you can certainly trust our military because um, they're saying now the U.S. Embassy, this is not, this is the uh, the uh, State Department, that part of our government in Washington, D.C., our good friends that rule us, you know, because they care about us. Uh, they have issued a first-come, first-serve uh, saying that the military cannot ensure safe passage to the Kabul airport, and that's Defense Secretary Lord Lloyd Austin, the ebony and ivory of foolishness and stupidity when it comes to uh, making military decisions. And that reminds me of um, Mark Milley because uh, he made a speech yesterday. Was it a speech? It was a response to a question. Uh, And um, I just just want you to hear how prepared he was for all of this. This is clip 10. Let me make one comment on the intelligence because I'm seeing all over the news that there are warnings of a rapid collapse. I have previously said from this podium and in sworn testimony before Congress that the intelligence clearly indicated multiple scenarios were possible. One of those was an outright Taliban takeover following a rapid collapse of the Afghan security forces and the government. Another was a civil war, and a third was a negotiated settlement. However, the time frame of a rapid collapse That was widely estimated and ranged from weeks to months and even years. We had no idea it was going to fall within 11 days. Okay, enough, enough, enough. And so he's just telling us how much he knows. He's giving us the three scenarios he read in the intelligence briefings. And this this was not one of them. So we didn't see this happening. And maybe because he was worried about critical race theory, uh, you know, being taught in West Point and all the military academies, the Joint Chiefs of Staff and... He was really worried about, you know, dividing people by race, and so was Lloyd Austin, the, uh, you know, the uh, the De- Secretary of Defense. They 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 had their they want you to be safe too, safe from racism. They purged the military, you know, shut down for like sixty days, forcing transgenderism on the military. That's what they've been doing. While the State Department and all the uh, the uh, you know all these smart people that sit and uh, decide about the d- d- diplomatic part of the government. Uh, were, you know, of course, making these embassies fly LGBTQ flags and uh, Black Lives Matter flags. They, yeah, they did. You know, maybe he didn't. Well, he did read the intelligence because he had those three scenarios that he laid out distinctly that he had read. But the thing that said that maybe it might collapse quickly. Well, he he didn't he didn't see that it wasn't his fault because the intelligence didn't tell him that we didn't know that if we closed down Bagram Air Force Base that. Uh, and, and released uh, the Taliban released seven to nine thousand uh, uh, hardcore jihadis. Well, we just never thought about that happening. They didn't tell us, so they're all over it. And you can see that we are in big trouble. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Yeah.
In churches, and a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where's the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible. And we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free, and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the Host an Event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Again, that's "Go Visit" to the number 49596. A social justice group in Dallas wants white liberals to sacrifice their children's education on the altar of critical race theory. Dallas Justice Now is calling for white people to sign a pledge vowing not to send their kids to Ivy League schools. Dallas Justice Now says the spots vacated by white children should be offered to black kids, Hispanic kids, and other marginalized people. The pledge calls on those of us of the Caucasian persuasion to recognize that we have privilege from our whiteness. I have no doubt that some liberal parents will absolutely sign that pledge. Can you imagine? Trust fund Tommy planning to go to Harvard to get an MBA only to end up at welding school. That being said, the country would be better off if more parents, black and white, sent their kids to a trade school or a Christian school. I'm Todd Starnes. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. The notion that their sort of horrific fear-mongering and racism doesn't carve out the men and women in Afghanistan who kept our soldiers alive for two decades is a new level of reprehensible. So right-wing personalities using the crisis in Afghanistan to push an anti-refugee sentiment. They're getting caught up in what I call the brown menace, which is this uh, Trumper right-wing fear of people coming into the country from Central and South Part America. Part of it, there's uh, you know a whole montage. Oh, that's from Tucker Carlson last night. Of all the media that are you know now saying that the, the resistance to bringing in all these Afghan refugees are unvetted. There's no resistance, as far as I know, to trying to help in every way people that genuinely helped us. Uh, the problem is trying to figure out who that is, that we that are unverified and all their family members, and placing them ahead of Americans, that's a problem. And so the media, you know, is stepping up to the plate to make it a racist issue. Yeah, it's a racist issue. I guess if it was to Russia, Uzbekistan, or some of those places where there are people who also hate us, 
uh, and they were white. I don't know what they would say. They'd think of something. Omar Il, uh, Ilhan Omar has it figured out, though. She did a long interview last night about the racism involved in not wanting uh, refugees to come in. And this is her take on what's happening. Clip nine. And then you've got these crazy people on the right um, doing, you know, what they what they always do uh, with their fear mongering and their hateful rhetoric. And I know what some of these people are uh, worried about is that they're worried that refugees like myself, when they come to this country, will outshine them. That yeah, so that's really the issue. We we are worried that refugees like Ilhan will outshine us, and that's why we are against uh, bringing in so many Afghans. I. I'm not going to comment on that because, you know, who cares? I really, honestly, that is just the most ridiculous statement, and I guess she really does believe that. Uh, It's certainly true. Almost all of us are immigrants, and we, you know, we we come here. um, Our our families, our ancestors did very, very well. But everybody can track, except those, the few that can track themselves back to the Mayflower, and they were refugees too. So it's a ridiculous statement. So, um Ah, uh, I want to I want to pivot for a second. I, you let me just say, and I don't want to waste our valuable time saying too much about this, but I'm a little overwhelmed. I do have so many things coming at me, and so if I sound a little scatterbrained, that's part of it. I'm trying to uh, give you an overview and an understanding of what's happening. Uh, what's happening is not good, and I um um the only thing we do have. I just have to say this, is is our faith in Jesus Christ. And I hope that those of you listening who don't know him personally will just stop and really soberly consider that. Because I don't know where else you're going to run. If you've got an alternative, let me know uh, who you're praying to or, you know, what your what your escape claw, uh, hatch is. Because there's no escape hatch in America. There will be no rescue planes, no paratroopers coming in. Uh, when things get really bad for us, this is the last stop. America is the last refuge for the world, and uh, physically speaking. But those of us that know the Lord Jesus and understand God's plans through the ages uh, know that it is going to get really bad for people on earth uh, because of the wickedness, the rebellion, and God will bring judgment. And part of his judgment comes uh, when countries, other countries, then come to judge God's people. Uh, he did it too with the Jews in the Old Testament. He brought... Uh, really bad countries in, like the Assyrians, to punish his people because of their rebellion to him. And so uh, we know this, and um, but we trust him because we know that he, ultimately, you know, a loving God has an ultimately loving plan. Uh, but in the process, it's going to be really painful for some of us, but there is, there's hope for those of us who believe in Jesus. There's living hope. It's not, uh, I wish, I feel like I'm trying to hurry on something so important, but just please could I encourage you to consider the, the claims of Jesus Christ, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, and um, get into some sort of a Bible study or scripture or dare to go to church and explore what God has to say so that you can understand as best you can what's happening in our world and prepare yourself because um, it is a spiritual battle. And uh, we, we have to fear, you know, n- not, not what happens with our bodies, but what happens with our soul and our hearts and our minds which are, are eternal. Okay, so uh, I there are a lot of things happening. I want to switch the topic to COVID because a lot of you are writing me these incredible email, which I'm trying to read. I'm trying. I'm trying to read all of them. Uh, but um, I am a little at odds here because I, I, at, I've got two clips of Australian leaders, and Adam, I don't know which is which uh, in terms of what they say. Uh, they've, they've been clamping down on Australia. I saw this morning a video of police a pepper spraying a 12-year-old because uh, he, he or she wasn't masked. I couldn't see the gender because it was, he was bent down crying. Um, it's, it's gotten out of control in Australia. In fact, let's listen. Let's do, listen to Australia, the second one, NSW. I don't know. I can't read it. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, uh, then we're not going to listen to that right now. Okay. Let me tell you what's happening here. University of Connecticut is going to fine block internet access to unvaccinated ser- students. So that's their Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac University. Uh, they're going to fine up to $2,275 students who do not comply with vaccination policies and shut them off from internet access. Uh, there's a hospital in Washington State that has removed sick patients from its transplant waiting list. One guy's been on the list for two years waiting, I think, for a liver. And now because he 
because he doesn't want a transplant, uh, they've le- sent him um, a letter. Your name has been removed from the wait list of the University of Washington Medical Center. This was done in follow-up to your recent conversation with providers regarding the heart transplant. It's just horrific, really. Um, and, and I want to give you some other uh, interesting articles, and this will tie into some of the things that you have been asking me that I can't answer individually for you. I wish I could, and let me again say, pencil and paper when you listen to the show so that you can take down some of the things I'm suggesting that you read. This one is, um, here's this is out of the Wall Street Journal, I believe. It's a, some vaccinated people are dying of COVID-19, and here's why scientists aren't surprised Surprised, And this is happening in uh, the U.K. Almost half of the country's recent COVID-19 deaths are people who have been vaccinated. Uh, and I, I say that, and that's, there's a huge percentage in Germany well, as well, higher than that, because they keep, now they're coming back with this new, uh, they're sort of doubling down that it's the un, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's just not true. It's just not true. The Delta variant is very contagious, but people... Um, people vaccinated and unvaccinated are becoming sick, and there are lots of cases, but not that many deaths. Too many. I mean, no, nobody wants these deaths, but the cases do not make the case. There can be a lot of cases. You talk about everyone that has a cold doesn't die, but some do. They develop pneumonia, and they die. And it's the same way with COVID. It's spreading. Uh, um, uh, Delta is spreading among a population that is uh, among the most highly vaccinated in the world, 85%. Uh, the people in the U.K. have had at least one vaccine shot, and 63% have had two. But now at least half of uh, their case, uh, let me get this correct now, almost half of the country's recent COVID-19 deaths are of people who have been vaccinated. Yeah, so, um, okay, there's a lot more I could share there, but I actually think what I'm going to do now is start to get into your email as best I can, Okay. And uh, I didn't have a chance to sort them in order because uh, I hardly had a chance to make my way through reading them. And so please forgive me if this is a little random. This is from um, Keith. He says, uh, my sister, oh, this is one I read this last week. Uh, he said his sister won't see him unless he gets the shot, and his wife is now threatening divorce because he won't get the shot, and he's, he works in a hospital. You know, it's interesting to me how... What, that, what a high percentage of people who work in hospitals and doctors and medical people don't want to get this shot. It, is, it should be telling us something. Shouldn't it be telling us something? And I'm going to get to some practical advice in just a second. Um, but I want to... Um, just a second. I'm sorry. I, I had the wrong stack, and that's uh, easy to explain here. Um, this is from Stacy. She said, my workplace sent out an email stating requirements for all employees to be vaccinated by October 18th. I'm a nurse in, in Arkansas. I knew this day would come, and what are we to do? She said, I had COVID last December with moderate system, symptoms. Don't feel like I need to take it. How many jobs can we quit? And at some point, all repo- employers will require. I feel this is against my God-given rights and feel backed into a corner. Um, and, yeah, Stacy, this is kind of a theme I'm seeing. Uh, I do... I do want to give you some practical help, and I'm going to find that in a second, but I'm going to have to read through some of these to come across the correct email. Okay, so just just hold with me. This is from Gerald. He said, um, Gerald says, and he's got a point here. He said, it's time to suggest to your viewing audience to start suing these doctors and hospitals if they do not give the treatment for COVID uh, the instant the person is diagnosed. Boy, he's got something there. And I, uh, what, yesterday, did we talk about, or was it last Friday, or last Thursday, that we uh, opened the phone lines and a nurse called in, I think, from Michigan. It was last Thursday. And she said, she confirmed what I've been telling you, that the the protocol, there is no protocol. If you test positive for COVID, most doctors will tell you to go home and take over-the-counter medicines to to comfort yourself. And if you really want medicine, then you you have to go to the hospital, and then they don't give you up effective treatments. They just don't. You languish for... Weeks now. This is the earlier strain of COVID. I don't know what's happening with the the Delta variant. I know that what happened to my husband. They gave him some of the things that you're reading in the news, but not the effective treatments like ivermectin. The reason they gave him ivermectin is because I insisted. That was the reason. And he was home within six days. He had it in both lungs. He was extremely sick. 
Uh, so, yeah, uh, if you're finding, and the nurse in Michigan confirmed that, they're not treating people. I, I know of someone who is uh, just newly employed at a big, uh, say, shall we say, corporation and has been going through training. And uh, one of the things he's had to do is COVID training. And they actually said in this COVID training that there are no treatments for COVID. There are no effective treatments for COVID. Uh, he's supposed to read this and respond, you know, and give the answers that they give. Uh, it's, so this is what they're still telling people. It's not true. There are very effective prophylactics. Hydroxychloroquine remains a good one to prevent. Just go on hydroxychloroquine and stay on it. That's what the people out of Africa do. That's why there's very little COVID in Africa. Uh, or ivermectin, and ivermectin is good uh, to prevent. It's also good for treatment. And so... Um, Gerald is right. A lawsuit, a class action lawsuit against doctors, if you get COVID uh, and they, don't, they refuse to give you these effective treatments, would, a slaw, a suing would be a really good thing. I agree with him. Uh, this is from Glenn. He says that um, according to the VARS database, uh, the, and remember VARS is the voluntary reporting uh, section of the CDC. It's voluntary, and so, of course, it's not complete. Uh, And at this point, 12,366 deaths from these COVID shots have been reported. Uh, The CDC, of course, and I've told you this before, that only 95% of those deaths reported that they report, you know, the 336,000 deaths they report, only 95% of them were from just COVID. The others were people that died of other things uh, but also had COVID, and they were counted as COVID deaths. So he goes through a whole bunch of numbers here, but his, his um, conclusion is the shots are about 50% effective. So had they been around, could, uh, they could have prevented, say, 8,420 of those American deaths, but they have instead killed 12,366 Americans and likely a lot more. So he says the shots are a net taker of life. This is modern medicine, something that kills more than it saves. Uh, so um, that's that's a very good point, Glenn. I think you and I think you have a valid point. I may not be able to confirm all those numbers right now, but I think he's right. And I think that's why people are concerned about getting the shot. This is okay. Here's the here's the concrete help. I promised because um, Matt Staver of uh, uh, where is he? I, mean, I get there's two in there. Names are oh Liberty Council. Okay, Matt's is Liberty Council. Matt is a real good friend of mine. Known him for years. And he is very involved in helping people uh, uh, in the whole business, the whole gambit, Liberty Council. And so he has made uh, information on how to uh, file for an exemption from a vaccine. So many of you who have written me will want to write this down. In fact, Adam will put this on our Facebook page, uh, Liberty Council, Matt Staver. And uh, the, the site that you can go to, and I think I'm going to have another address to give you again in a few minutes see if I didn't write it there. I did not. So the site is ic.org slash vaccines. That can't be right. That must be L. It's a typo. lc.org slash vaccines. Okay, and that's for information about how to file for religious exemptions, other kind of exemptions. I'm sure it has all kinds of help there for you. So um, lc.org, I'm writing it down myself, slash vaccines. Now, um, this is from Tricia. She said, I emailed my doctor yesterday on how to obtain ivermectin. Um, She responded that there was no research to substantiate the use of this medication. Baylor Scott and White, and that's down in Texas, she's in Texas, does not advise using this for COVID. The owners of my local feed store have been taking ivermectin since the beginning of this plague. Given that they are exposed to customers all day, six days a week, they have not come down with covid and um, so ivermectin is given to animals, and that's why she's mentioning that. And so her point is that it's effective and that her doctor says it's not, and that this big medical facility, Baylor, Scott, and White, and they are there. They've had a great reputation through the years. They're claiming uh, there's no uh, – my doctor, uh, the doctor that treated my husband, said the same thing. He was very kind about it, uh, but it's just not true. If you go to uh, Frontline um, CCC, FLCCC, you'll see all kinds of stuff about the effectiveness of Ivermectin. Okay, I'm not done. Uh, and as scattershot as this is, I hope that it will help you. It's lc.org slash vaccines. 
to find out how you can try to get yourself exempted. Sandy Rios in the morning AFR Talk. Washington Watch. This is a crisis of our own making, and that hard-nosed determination to not admit it for political reasons is just really, truly disheartening. Yeah, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but on this particular issue, the contrast between the policies of the two administrations could not be sharper. As I've mentioned here on the program many times, I was at the border a little over a year ago. It was like a ghost town. Weekday afternoons at 4 Central and Saturday evenings at 6 Central on American Family Radio. Today's culture is opting for entertainment rather than biblical enlightenment. For those who resist that trend, Friends of Israel shows listeners why loving the Jewish people and supporting Israel is important to the Christian faith. Friends of Israel shares biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah and promotes solidarity with the Jewish people. This is Chris Katolka of the Friends of Israel Today radio program heard each weekend on this station, and here's what's happening in Israel. Friends of Israel, Saturday afternoon at 2, here on American Family Radio. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced he's resigning from his post as the Empire State's top elected official after the state attorney general's report found he sexually harassed multiple women. He announced his resignation would be effective 14 days from the date of announcement, at which point current Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul will be sworn in as his replacement. It's interesting that many of the same elected officials who hailed Cuomo in 2020 have turned against him in less than a year's time. And this all happens to coincide with the 2022 midterm campaign season just about to kick off in earnest. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Emmy was in a bad relationship when she found out she was pregnant. Her boyfriend told her to get an abortion, which she seriously considered. I knew that if I got an abortion, a part of me would be broken. Emmy went to a preborn center in need of guidance. They honestly were able to put every fear at ease and let me know that it was going to be okay. Because of them, he's here. I couldn't imagine my life without him. Preborn clinics introduce moms in crisis to their babies through ultrasound while providing hope, love, and the gospel in action. When an expectant mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, she's 80% more likely to choose life for her baby. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Laura Logan is the most brilliant, informed, and courageous investigative TV journalist in America. In her new must-see interview about Afghanistan with Tucker Carlson, she reported, quote, The Afghans will tell you the United States chose this outcome, unquote. Precisely who chose this immense and humiliating strategic defeat is unclear at the moment. Its main beneficiary, however, is clearly the Chinese Communist Party. So a question first asked here months ago recurs. What exactly did Chinese dictator Xi Jinping tell Joe Biden during their two-hour-long conversation back in February? As the case for removing this president from office becomes ever more compelling, we need to take a page from the last one's second impeachment. Give us a verbatim transcript so we can see if China actually chose and dictated this outcome in Afghanistan and all the horrors that will flow from it. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Okay, my dear friends, uh, it's time to open the phone lines. <laughs> so we'll just do a scatter shot with this too. Uh, we'll work together and uh, make it work. It's 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. I would just say uh, make your comments count. Uh, you know, I'm, I am impatient. I confess I was having a conversation with my my uh, youngest grandson yesterday, Asa, he's very impatient. I said, oh, my goodness, Asa, you are like your grandmother. It's too bad. It's not a good trait. You have to fight it. But I don't. I want to make the most of this time. And so uh, it, that's why I'm asking you to make your, make your comments count. Now, 
it's not just about COVID. It can be that, but also certainly, you know, I'll tell you who I give priority to is any Afghan vet that wants to call and talk because we have not done that. And uh, I'm sure you have a lot of feelings and thoughts about what's going on. Uh, so the phone number is 888-589-8840, and uh, we'll, we'll go to those in just a second. This is, this is from Monty. He's, uh, he said he's been listening for such a long time. He agrees with me on, on uh, everything except COVID. And um, I don't trust our government statistics any more than you do, but I do trust my own experience as well as the information put out by my local hospital here in Searcy, Arkansas. I'm going to stop right there, Monty, and just tell you, you probably, if you're listening to me, you've probably picked up that I have discovered, and we've had medical people call in like the nurse last Thursday, that our medical community is completely corrupt. Uh, not completely. That's not true. Let's just say many of the corporate entities of them are corrupt. I think that the doctors and nurse, some of the doctors are corrupt now too. They're giving out bad information. They're repeating bad information, some of them with knowledge and some of them without it. They're fearing for their jobs too. Uh, you know, they can only say uh, what they're supposed to say. And some of them, you know, they're forced to follow the CDC guidelines. The CDC is full, is a, a, oh my gosh, it's a pit of vipers. There's probably some people there that are good, but think of Anthony Fauci. And by the way, next week I'm going to do an interview on something completely different that the CDC and the National Institutes for Health are up to their ears in. It will repulse you. It will anger you. And that's why when you say you trust your hospital, Monty, I, I don't think you should. I really don't. And let, let me go on he, to his comments. He says, uh, my county uh, reported a new record high in COVID cases yesterday, surpassing those back in January. Uh, and do you know, Monty, that's because the, the Delta variant is very, very, very contagious. And so the numbers of cases are going up, but not the numbers of deaths from all accounts. Our local hospital reported 32 patients suffering from COVID, and none of those had been vaccinated. So the hospital reported that I don't trust your hospital's reporting. I know that may be offensive to you, but I just I would really be skeptical because that doesn't comport with the other things we're seeing. Um, then he talks about just his friends, uh, and he said also he's preached the funeral of uh, a niece and also a nurse who died of COVID. It's, there's no question that COVID has killed people. My husband, my own husband, nearly died, and I think that's because people are being uh, life-saving treatment is being withheld from them. Um, so anyway, Monty, I don't have time to get into the rest of it, but I respect your kindness and your respect to me. So just keep listening and I'm going to try to give you some concrete information. Um, there is, a here's a federal employee that's really in trouble. I've heard from several of you, uh, a mandatory that she has to get the shot. Uh, do you know if there's any legal cases against the federal government to fight this? Uh, I don't write offhand, but I bet Matt Staver could help you. And again, let me give the address. It's LC, Liberty Council, lc.org slash vaccine. And you're, many of you have asked me, how do I get ivermectin? How do I get, how do I get information on ivermectin and all of these other things? And the best website I have found, and this is where I went to get some help from my husband, was flccc.net. That's Frontline Critical Care uh, I forgot what the last C stands for, but FLCCC.net, probably COVID. Frontline Critical Care COVID.net, FLCCC.net. Okay, so uh, for the legal help, go to lc.org slash vaccines. And for uh, just information and maybe some treatment that you can get, go to FLCCC.net. Some of you have written about, you know, uh, elderly parents or about yourselves. Uh, just various concerns, <clears throat> and so there is there. It's a total lie. There, there are no effective medicines to treat COVID. That is an abject lie, and that's what hospitals are telling people, and that's what doctors are telling people. And I know for a fact from my own experience, it's not true. And I, it's not just. It, and I would not take my own experience above what I'm hearing from other people as well, uh, because it need to be. It could be a fluke. It could be God's intervention only. It was God's intervention in our case, but. Uh, he used uh, ivermectin, you know, to to bring good health to my husband. So, and to me too, because I had COVID as well. All right. So, um, let's see. This is Lisa. She said, "I've been an RN for thirty three plus years, and I'm so sad and angered now by having to make a choice of a shot or no job." Um, and uh, 
she so so she's being forced to do this too. They're do, trying to force doctors and nurses. I don't know what's going to happen with that and medical uh, providers who are resisting at this point. I think I better go to the phones and uh, I'll come back with more. I'll try uh, more of your email, but I want to go here to. Uh, let's go to John. John, are you in Delaware? Is that right? Yes, I came into the Army Guard in uh, Delaware. In for 30 years, retired in January. I put in my retirement papers on the 7th of November when I saw Joe Biden come in. He's helped make the Taliban great again. you got to give that to him. And I want to yeah. say that with the people, the crew that put ISIS in, now being in charge of running our diplomacy and our defense department, that the same thing would have happened in Baghdad in 2017 if Hillary had been elected in 2016. I guarantee it. No, it's true, John. And I and this is a point for, a case for me to say again in very clear clear message that those of you that thought Joe Biden was a nice guy, he had a nice smile, he was just a nice guy, like a grandfatherly figure, and uh, Donald Trump had those mean tweets and called people names, and you were embarrassed by that. You keep that in mind when you realize what you did uh, when you went into the voting booth. I'm sorry, but you ha- there's a reckoning that has to happen. Uh, you did not listen. You did not use your reasoning. Uh, you were pious. I think a lot of people are just pious. I don't want to be affiliated with that... Uh, Donald Trump, you know, because and you didn't recognize, you didn't couldn't discern that his policies were good. They were keeping us safe. America was growing strength again, and the moral issues were being defended. But he had mean tweets and called people names, and that was embarrassing. I just I can't get past that, John. Uh, just one more word from you, then I got to say goodbye. Right. What happened was once we took out the last twenty five hundred, we had what we needed to do the job. They pulled out the people from Bagram. As a targeting officer, we connected us between all that flying hardware up there with the thousands of tons of ordnance and the people on the ground, the spots where the enemy are when troops are in contact. We lost that. They said they had over-the-horizon capability, but they didn't have people that could tell them where to point the lasers. That was the problem. Thank you, and God bless you. Yeah, John, God bless you for everything you've done, and uh, I hope that you do not feel... Look, I, I just... Listen, I personally feel that God has called each of us to do what's right every day. And if we, if no one even ever knows it, we do what's right. And that's why when you've done what's right as a military man and you've fought the good fight and you've given it your best, you have every reason to hold your head high, as depressing as the outcome is. Uh, because eventually there will be justice. There will be justice because our God is a God of justice. John, thank you. Thanks so much. And uh, let's, go to, um, uh, let's go to Lori in Oklahoma. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Listen, you know, there are some pretty bizarre footage coming out of Afghanistan, but I have a very dear brother and sister in the Lord that have lived and worked and done mission work in Israel and work quite a bit with people from the Middle East. Um, They work um, for an organization called WorthyNews.com. They are being given live video feed of the things that are actually going on in Afghanistan, and though we've seen some pretty crazy stuff on the media, um, in order to respect the audience, I won't tell you the details that I was given about the, the, the absolute brutal things that are happening to people and uh, in the streets of Afghanistan are far worse than anything that we've been allowed to see. Well, that's, the, that's, that's part and parcel of what Islamists do, Lori, so not too much of a surprise, not hard to imagine that. We have it in our, in our own streets. We had, we had beheadings. We had a woman in Oklahoma beheaded, for heaven's sake, at a factory. I'm sure you remember that. And so uh, it, it's coming to us again, and uh, that is thanks to Joe Biden and his uh, ebony and ivory, ivory uh, foolish, foolish men. Uh, thanks, Lori. Thanks, I think. Thank you. Let's go to... Uh, our phone number, by the way, is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Uh, let's, uh, let's just go back to COVID here. Jeffrey in Texas. Good morning, Jeffrey. Morning. Uh, thank you very much. And, uh, You're welcome. Bless you and everything that you do. Thank uh, you. I live in, uh, I'm in Temple, Texas. I live in an agricultural area. I've served for over 20 years. I also uh, still work for the government. And ivermectin has kept us on, on our tractors. My neighbors who have come down with COVID have taken it, and within three to five days, they're back to normal. They're on the tractor the next day, not feeling the greatest, but it works. Uh, fortunately, we have one of the frontline doctors, Dr. Shelley Cole, in our community. And if I can add, 
again, I'm in the same situation. I've never worn a mask at work, and I telework, and when I go in, I still refuse to do it, but I'm fighting. And 5 U.S. Code 1420A, that's the consent signature requirement. That's what I use to defend myself. But when I go to my prayer group, our prayer group comes together not to just pray, but to support those who are willing to run for the city councils, the, the school boards, and so forth. We're, we're creating our own grassroots of like-minded people, Americans. Thank yeah. you so much. Oh, Jeffrey, thank you. That's great information. Hey, give us that number of that code that you filed, because people are going to ask me. 5 U.S. Code. 5 one, U.S. Code. 1420-ALPHA-A. Okay. 1420-ALPHA. Okay. All right, we're going to put that on our Facebook page, too, and that's for federal employees, right? That applies to everyone. See, that our military affairs of our Congress are responsible for any experimentation on our population. This is a code that was created in from the 60s and 50s that the LSD experiments on our soldiers. Oh, okay. So this is this is where okay. the consent requirement comes because when you take the COVID shot, you're consenting according to this U.S. code. You're not you're not acknowledging that you are not. Um, susceptible to any of the consequences of the shot or you, that you have allergies or anything like that. Your yes. signature is specifically for releasing the government I see. of this U.S. code. Okay, I see what you're saying. So but you give, give up any rights you have, really, of uh, complaining later, and you're saying this is a protection, it's a preventative. This uh, 5 U.S. Code 1420A is the, the statute under which you can say no. So that's really interesting, Jeffrey. We better, I better not stay any more time on that right now, but thank you. And by the way, Jeffrey just brought up something practical, which I talk about a lot too, and I need to remind you that there are elections and there's a reason why we get involved, and a lot of times it's to prevent the garbage that we're in right now, and sometimes it's to fix it. And right now we're in the we got to fix it stage. So Virginia is having an election this fall, and they are having a very important uh, um, conference this uh, tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday, August the 21st. And I think it's worth you just dropping everything and going. I do. You know, uh, some of my very best and most trusted friends are going to be there. Jay Christian Adams, Ken Cuccinelli, Cleta Mitchell, and there are a lot more people, too. Uh, they're going to be—it's an election integrity summit, and they're trying to get you ready to—it's um, Scott Walter. In other words, these are people you know because of listening to the show for, and other reasons, too. Um, they are— Fabulous. They're fabulous presenters. They're going to give you great information. And the way you can do this is to go to um, summit at virginiainstitute.org. Summit at virginiainstitute.org. And you can get more information about it. Okay? So uh, I hope that some of you in Virginia will just drop everything and actually make that happen. Um, uh, let's go to Jerry in Texas. Good morning, Jerry. Quickly, if you can. Yes, ma'am. So real quick, a uh, statement and a request. My wife works in an ER in Texas where we live, and we are at uh, differences spiritually. Uh, and I say that because I have spent time fasting, not fasting, but praying, reading daily, trying to understand, seeking God's wisdom. And I've told my wife numerous times that I feel a spirit of comfort from the Lord that I should not get the experimental COVID vaccine. She, being an ER doctor, sees the worst of everything. And so yeah. we're at odds. She just wants me to get it. It's free. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. The side effects well, are minimal. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Jerry, I'm sorry. Okay, just hear me. One practical thing that you can get is go to that website that we talked about, which is uh, FLCCCC. It will give you some really great uh, uh, information that you can share with her about ivermectin and other things. Also, I'm going to post online a video from a doctor who treated President Trump, who treated the health minister in Israel about the shot and some of its dangers. I haven't talked about it, but I'll put it on the face as long as they don't take it down. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. <laughs>